welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am thrilled today to have Doogie, Darren Wolfson from KSTP joining us, along with my buddies Ryan and Miles. We are here. Times are getting busy. We got Gopher basketball playing on in the background. We got Vikings free agency coming up. We got Vikings draft come up. The Twins are in spring training. We got a ton of stuff going on right now. So, Doogie, I appreciate you taking time out of your super busy schedule um, to kind of uh, hop on here and, and answer some of our questions and, and maybe give us a little intel to, to what's going on. So, uh, traditionally, we start these shows out. It is Vikings happy hour. So, we, we, we chat about what everyone's kind of drinking. So, um, if you don't have anything, that's fine. But I'll get, I'll get started here. I went over and picked up a new beer. Hey. I like bubbly. bubbly. All right, there we go. I'm on the clock. I'm in the office right now. There's <laughs> nobody around me, but I am at Channel 5 right now, so it might be tough to have a beer. But Surly's like right down the street. I love going down to Surly. Well, that's what I was going to say. So I actually live right down the road from uh, the KSTP station there. So uh, I, I frequent Surly a lot when it's open. And, and tonight I got uh, uh, the, multi, the Multiverse IPA. Um, it's pretty good, so... Uh, we'll, we'll see where that takes us. Ryan, what are you what are you drinking tonight? Well, you know, I got my old reliable. We got our Angry Inch right there out of Lakeville, Minnesota. <laughs> got to rep the local stuff here. Uh, new new uh, growler here, so we're, we're we're repping the Menage a Trois again, just because they're oh my gosh. daddy's their daddy's honey pot is out right now, and that's usually my go to. And this one's pretty similar, so uh, delicious beer. So I'm excited for it. Miles, yeah, I got a I got a local one too, uh, Wabasha Brewery in uh, St. Paul, in the west side of St. Paul, um, right off of. Um, I used to live over there, but I live in St. Paul. But uh, I got uh, <laughs> son of Eric is, the, is what it's called. It's a cream ale, so um, yeah, it's a good Very beer. Nice, David. How about you? What do you got? Uh, tonight, I am drinking Minnesota. I have got oh. a Shirley Furious IPA. Can't go wrong there. Well, uh, like I said, this time's busy, and uh, there's, we found out today, right? The NFL moves fast. Uh, Riley Reef was cut today. Um, Doogie, do you have any insight as to, to kind of what, what happened there? I think a lot of fans were maybe kind of expecting that uh, they may reach a contract ex- extension to kind of keep him around, but uh, he's gone. 11 millions off the book. You're right, man. I mean, I expected it too. I mean, I was quoted. I can't remember if I said it on Score North, if it was on TV. Somewhere going back multiple weeks, I mean, I was convinced they would find a way. There were numerous conversations. Rob Brzezinski, the Vikings front office, Neil Cornrich, Riley Reef's agent. So I just, I thought, you know, just knowing how much Riley really likes it here. He's such a quiet guy. I know he loves it here in Minnesota. They gave him the $1 million bonus going back a couple weeks. I can't recall if I went on the record with my prediction before or after the $1 million bonus, but they gave him the $1 million bonus. That convinced me even further that they would find some sort of happy medium. So like all that dialogue, I thought dialogue would equal action. So I was mildly surprised. I mean, I realized that that talks may not always come to fruition on an actual deal, like the Vikings going back to yesterday's news 
had all sorts of conversations with Dan Bailey's agent, just couldn't come to a happy medium. So they make the move on Bailey. But yeah, I just, I thought just the way that Riley played last year, we can debate was he their best offensive lineman, second best offensive lineman last year. I think overall, Brian O'Neill is their best offensive lineman. But I think for, for 2020, we can make an argument that Riley Reef was their best offensive lineman. So I just thought they would find a way. Like they're not in a position to be kicking really good offensive linemen to the curb. But in Riley's case, you see Carolina franchise, it's left tackle. There was another left tackle who's, whose name is escaping me that got the franchise tag correct. Cam Robinson. That, that, yeah. So if you're Neil Cornrich, if you're Riley Reef, like there was no reason to take any sort of pay cut or significant pay cut here. Like you can <laughs> you can hit the jackpot in many ways on the open market. So I think Riley Reef is going to do well. Now maybe it's just a one year deal. Maybe it's not a multiple year deal, but but I think Riley Reef is is going to end up okay. And now we wonder does Ezra Cleveland move to left tackle? Do they use pick 14 on a left tackle? Would they go with Rashad Hill? They love Rashad, but like with so much on the line in 2021, the futures of Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, certainly up in the air to some extent. I think they have some sort of other plan. Like, I don't know if they're ready to roll with Ezra Cleveland at left tackle. So I'll be real curious. I mean, that's something that I'm obviously digging into right now. Like, what's the plan? But you think about the Northwestern offensive lineman, the USC offensive lineman, like a really good left tackle could be staring them in the face at pick 14. Plus, I know they've talked to Baltimore. Like, here's some news, because I think I reported a couple weeks ago that there really wasn't anything going on with Baltimore with Orlando Brown Jr. They have, I'm told, talked to Baltimore. There's no sense that talks have have advanced in, in any form or fashion, but that would be another idea, whether it's Orlando Brown Jr., or some other left tackle, would they now think about trading for a left tackle? Do we think yeah. that, that this is maybe a spot for Brian O'Neill to move to the left side? And Because and, I know you mentioned Rashad Hill. I don't know. Have you heard anything about uh, O'Neill potentially switching sides? I know it was conversations in the past off seasons. Yeah, I mean, Matt, they've, they've kicked the tires on that idea. I do know that Dennison likes O'Neill at right tackle. Like, is there any reason to really F with O'Neill? <laughs> Like all of a sudden, right. are you going to move him to left tackle now? They they see him here for a really long time. I certainly see them signing him to an extension at some point before the season starts. So I think Brian O'Neill is going to be here for for many more years. You know, so they love him. And do I think he's capable of playing left tackle? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's it's the craziest proposition, but I just know how much they really like him at right tackle. So I guess of all the possibilities, I'm not dismissing it. Trust me. It could absolutely happen. But of all the possibilities, I don't know, Matt, that I would rank that one at the very, very top. Okay. Quick question. Well, back to Reef Doogie. So we know back back last offseason, during the draft, the Vikings had a, a plan in place to trade for Trent Richards, Trent Williams, excuse me. Uh, and then then this year, uh, before the season started, they they go to Radley Reef and basically say, you're taking a pay cut or you're gone. Um, those, so there's a few scenarios where they kind of mess with Riley Reef over the last year. Do you think that some of that could be playing into the in the part of why Riley Reef said no to a, a pay a restructure extension, whatever the the talks were right now? I think it's possible, Miles. I mean, I'll be curious to to hopefully hear at some point what exactly the Vikings were offering him. You know, how much did he turn down? You know, then let's see what he ultimately ends up signing for. You know, probably in the coming days. I mean, I don't think he'll be on the open market much beyond. I mean, we're talking here on March 10th. I mean, I don't think he'll be on the open market 
March 25th or March 30th. I mean, I think we'll have some news here shortly after free agency starts or maybe even before since since technically they cut him. He can he can go sign a, a contract here pretty quick. You know, so I'll be curious to see what the what the money is that he ends up signing for. I do think the the gesture them giving him the one million dollar bonus, you know, some of the friends he has in the locker room, his comfort level just being here in Minnesota, you know, I mean, he really never needs to talk to to media jackals like like us, right? <laughs> like he loves, you know, flying under the radar. You know, there's just there's a lot of things he he liked about playing here, like hunting. He loves to hunt, you know, so like Minnesota just it it offered him endless possibilities on the field and off the field. I mean, he liked playing in this in this offense, you know, this this blocking scheme. So I'm not I'm not saying no chance on that, Miles. But I think after they gave him the bonus a couple weeks ago, that that was sort of a, hey, we really do appreciate everything that, that you do here and. And we'd love to keep you if, if we can come to a happy medium. Definitely. So with that, obviously, we opened up some cap space. Do you foresee any additional moves coming in the next couple of days that we're going to hear some news on maybe Shamar Stefan, Britton Colquitt, uh, some of these guys? And, and what are your predictions there? Well, I mean, they've been talking to Harrison Smith's agent about extending him. So if you extend him, do you lower the 2021 number? Yeah, there's been dialogue with Cole Quitt's agent, you know, so let's see how that situation plays out. They've talked to Shamar Steffen's agent too, for that matter. You know, so let's see how that situation plays out. I'm hard pressed to think that Shamar is back at his current number. You guys probably have the exact numbers in front of you. I don't top my head, but I know it's, it's rather rich based on his skill set. They they save like 3.7, I think. He's got 5 million uh, against the cap right now. Yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty healthy number for Shamar Stefan. So I mean, I just I know there's been dialogue with his agent. I mean, Rob Brzezinski's been working his his behind off. So I would say stay tuned. I mean, at this point, they're what about nine million dollars under the cap. The NFL Players Association website updates the the number, so I'll hop on it later. It may not register tonight with the Reef News. It may register tomorrow, but they'll have it updated. But I think. I think other capologists online have said it's like eight, seven, five or nine, something like that of, of cap space. They currently have that they're that far under the 182.5 cap number for, for 2021. So it's not like they have to do something, but you know, could they pursue a guy like Thune, right? Like I know they like Joe Thune. Joe Thune is going to break the bank. Joe Thune has the same agent as Kirk cousins, same agent as Chad Beebe for that matter. The Vikings have an excellent relationship with the agent. Like, could they find a way to bring in Thune? Like, how much would you love to have Joe Thune? So I think there's a lot of different moving parts, you know, where, where you know, they can ramp up talks like that come Monday and get a real gauge on on whether, you know, signing Thune is realistic or if a team with a with a, an abundance of cap space like, you know, Jacksonville or, or somebody of that ilk, you know, if they just toss Thune just stupid money that, that he can't turn down, uh, but I wouldn't dismiss something like that. So, you know, if they feel like they've got a fighter's chance to land a, a pretty good free agent like that, or maybe somebody else, you know, could I see them jettisoning uh, Stefan? Yeah. Could I see them making the move on Colquitt? Yeah. So I would say, you know, just stand by. I mean, I don't want to sit here and be quoted that, yeah, like 100%. Like I knew on, I knew on Tuesday I, I did a hit with Judd Zolget on Score North. I knew on Tuesday that it wasn't trending real positively with Bailey, 
but I thought maybe there was a chance. So I didn't say him by name, but I, I had said with Jed on Tuesday, I expect more action, you know, and then we had the news with Bailey and now we have the news with Reef, even though I, I thought they would actually come to an agreement with Reef. So I, I did not foresee the Reef news happening, but I told Judd on Tuesday morning, I, I see at least one more move coming. I don't know if I for sure see another move coming as I talk to you guys here on, on Wednesday night at 7.15, but I would say I'm not dismissing that that possibility. I would say just be on standby. So with 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 the cutting of Reef and Bailey and, and, and kind of gaining that cap space, um, I know you mentioned Joe Thune. Personally to me, seems kind of out of our price range. Don't know if you want to spend that kind of money on a guard. Um, but but we saw Kevin, Z- is it Zeitler or Zietler? I, I don't know exactly how you say his last name. Um, you saw him get cut today. Um, we've we've all heard about, you know, Geno Atkins potentially, uh, you know, reuniting with Zim. Um, you know, here on, on this podcast, we've talked about Keelan Cole as a potential wide receiver three. Um, are you hearing anything free agency wise? I know we're about a week out, so so things can be a little, you know, muddied. But uh, just curious to to hear what you're hearing on free agents. Yeah, I mean, those are all good names. I, I love the Cole name, you know, so can I see them pursuing a, a third wide receiver? One hundred percent. I don't have a whole lot of names like right this second to, to offer your direction. Like I can tell you some guys they haven't kicked the tires on like, you know, Nick Easton or, or K short, you know, so I, I can tell you like no one on a bunch of guys can't necessarily tell you. Yes. Right. This second, like maybe Monday morning <laughs> afternoon, I'll, I'll have a better gauge uh, unless I'm knee deep in a Gophers men's basketball coaching search situation. But Hey, the Vikings are number one in this town, so trust me, I'll I'll carve out enough time to to be working the the Vikings angles on on Monday and over the weekend and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. But I love the Cole name, you know. I, I think that you know there's there's the possibility of of certainly you know if it's not you know the the former Giant Zietler Zeitler however you pronounce his name, you know if it's not him or or Thune that that they do pursue you know another guard and and. Like they'll tell you, they they have interest in all their guys. Like I don't think Eric Wilson is coming back, but if they could find a way, like I don't think Anthony Harris is coming back, but if they could find a way, you know they they love being able to keep their own guys. I mean they just they believe in their guys so much that that some of those names, you know, like you know you might want to keep an eye on those those names as much as 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 any external free agent. But they're gonna work the phones. Trust me. I mean Rick Spielman, I think strategically decided to hit the road this week for some of these pro days, you know, Northwestern, Wisconsin, I believe he'll be Friday at, at North Dakota state's pro day, you know, but then strategically, you know, he can be, he can be closer to the office or in the office uh, early next week as, as free agency ramps up. You mentioned Eric Wilson, Doogie. So we've, we've gotten a few questions on Anthony Barr. I know a lot of people are spinning their wheels about, about Anthony Barr. I've, I've been the, the type to say that I don't, I just don't see it being worth cutting him just because you don't, you have to, you have to eat seven, half of his uh, $15 million cap hit this year. So it doesn't really, the the benefits aren't really there of moving him, but have you heard anything on, on bar at all? Well, the one thing I heard where, where I don't think it's necessarily breaking news. Like I don't think a lot of guys are saying, Hey, yes, like let's restructure <laughs> my contract, but he has zero interest. I was told that about a week ago, he has zero interest in, in restructuring his contract. You're right, Miles. I mean, that's so much dead money. That Zim's guy, they swear, and, and I'm not enough of an inner football guy to, to know this for sure, but those who are on the inside tell me 
Like you may not always notice the Anthony Barr splash plays, but he allows others then to make the splash play. Like what he does, his impact is is more subtle, you know. But I just I know how much he's Zim's guy. We saw how much the defense struggled after after he was lost for the season last season. So just knowing all that's at stake this year, you know, Zimmer's love and affection for for Barr, I think Anthony is back. And and you're right. I mean that dead money is is so significant. It's hard for me to see the Vikings eating nearly $8 million in dead money to send a really good player, you know, off to another team. A couple other good players that we got that there's been a lot of speculation on is Daniel Hunter and, and Kirk Cousins. So looking at their contracts, you know, maybe let's attack Hunter here first. Is there a contract extension potentially being worked? I know, I, I don't know if they're just rumors or if it's speculation that he's, you know, tired of his contract and, w- and wants a new uh, new deal to pay him probably closer to what he's worth. Um, is, is that on the horizon? Maybe now, maybe, you know, later this summer. And then uh, subsequently with, with Kirk Cousins, you know, obviously at the start of the league year, that, that cap hit of $45 million becomes guaranteed next year. So is there any talks of maybe restructuring that contract? He has all the leverage there, so I don't see him doing it. But uh, anything you've heard on that? Well, Ryan, I'll, I'll go backwards there. On Cousins, there haven't been any recent talks between the Vikings and his agent, but it does make sense at some point, even though the cap is going to presumably go up big time in 2022. When you look at Cousins' number for 2022, it just it <laughs> blows your mind. Like, I don't know how you can have him at that number. But as of now, like, pretty much real time, like maybe not like within the last 45 minutes or anything, but you know, as of this week, there just, there haven't been any sort of talks about extending him, but do I think those talks eventually happen? Yeah, I could see that or at least reworking whatever they need to do to lower that 2022 number. I do think those talks eventually happen on Daniil Hunter. I, I think it's more than speculation. I just don't think Ian Rappaport who, who knows what the hell he's talking about? He didn't make it up out of thin air when when he had the news last October about Daniil and his desire to be one of, I think I'm paraphrasing slightly, but the desire to be, what, one of the highest paid pass rushers or even defensive players in the game. Like, that wasn't, that wasn't random, you know? So there's, there's definitely something there to follow. You know, then he likes those tweets last week suggesting a trade it's just it's worth put it this way it's worth paying attention to like i'm not i'm not chewing it off to the side now i i think the vikings have every intention of having daniel hunter helping them win games later this year like they're not intending to trade him anytime soon but like deep down do i think rick spielman wanted to trade stefan diggs a year ago like, no, I, I don't think so. But things escalated pretty quickly. You know, there have been rumblings behind the scenes. Uh, but things escalated pretty quickly. You know, then he goes to social media, tweets something cryptic. You know, just it, it got goofy. It, it definitely got goofy. And I, I just wonder if it if it keeps getting goofy with, with Daniil. I hear he looks fantastic. He's been training down at Exos in Arizona. I was talking with Ellerson Smith, a kid from Minneapolis South High School. Really good. Uh, draft prospect out of Northern Iowa. I think he's got a chance to go as high as third or fourth round. I was catching up with Ellerson a couple weeks ago, and 
he trains down there at Exos in, in Arizona, and he's running into Daniil Hunter a bunch of times. I mean, he just told me Daniil looks looks off the charts phenomenal. And, and I think some of the pictures have been on either his Instagram or one of his social media channels. But And it's not surprising. Like, he's Hercules, right? Uh, so we're not blown away when we see pictures of Daniil Hunter looking like he's he's just massively ripped. But I, I do think it's it's worth keeping an eye on. It's it's the most team friendly contract in the NFL. You know what did Joey Bosa just get from the Chargers? Like Daniel Hunter is so much better in my mind than Joey Bosa. But then you look at the Bosa contract and you look at the Hunter contract. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I also get it from the Viking standpoint. Like we didn't tell you you had to take that deal we offered. It's year three, <laughs> right, of a six year deal, or he's halfway through. There's still multiple years left on the deal, like honor the contract you signed. So I understand some of that, but there's such a finite amount of time for players to maximize their earning potential. I'm all for guys saying, Hey, if you don't want to pay me, send me somewhere else because all it takes is one team and one team will pay me. And I promise you there's a team out there that would make Daniel Hunter one of the highest paid defensive ends in the game, if not the highest paid. Definitely. Yeah. yeah I, I know we're all, we're all, I know for me last, this time last year with Diggs, I was very much like, please don't trade him. They trade him. I'm kind of having those same kind of vibes with Hunter. Hopefully they find a way to, to reconciliate that. Um, Doogie, do you have any other scoops for us? Anything else you could share with us on the Viking side? Well, I mean, I was catching up with somebody close to Kyle Rudolph. I mean, I don't know if that necessarily is a, is applicable to, to this conversation, but I think some people, maybe you guys included, some people watching or listening are still fans of of Kyle Rudolph, even though he's an ex-Viking. I know the Titans and the Texans, he's gotten calls, or his agent has, from, from over 10 teams. So there's a bunch of teams interested. He has a good relationship with Tom Brady. Not that Tampa needs a tight end, so I, I don't foresee Kyle landing with the Buccaneers. But I think Kyle's going to end up in a pretty good situation. I just know this much, too, that, that Kyle is, I don't want to say sick and tired of blocking, but he's ready to catch the ball again. And he feels like he's got at least one more good year of catching the ball. So like you think about Tennessee, his guy, Todd Downing is down there. And I love Todd. Todd is now the, the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator, Eden Prairie native, former Vikings assistant coach. So Todd coached the tight ends here when, when Kyle was here for, for a year. And so Todd and Kyle have a really good relationship and I'm sure Todd's got some ideas and he'll sell Kyle on different ways to get him the ball. But like, that's a run first offense, right? With Derrick Henry, even Seattle, like Seattle makes some sense, but Seattle runs the ball so much. But at some point, I hope that they take the handcuffs off Russell Wilson to let just Russ go, go nuts that Russ doesn't end up getting traded, ends up playing for the Seahawks this year. And they let him air it out. Like, how about the Seahawks being like 15th in the NFL in rushing attempts, not number one, you know? So I'd love to see Kyle with Russell Wilson. In Seattle, so I mean, I can give you that. Yeah, well, (laughs) you know what, though? Like, number four offense, it works, right? Like, I don't know if you want to take the the handcuffs off Kirk too much, right? Like, you can win (laughs) games with Kirk, but there are certain limitations there. Like, I don't think there are limitations with Russell Wilson. That's just my own opinion. So, like, I think you can take handcuffs if you're Pete Carroll off Russell Wilson and let him. I mean, he throws the prettiest deep ball in the game. Utilize that deep ball even more, that you know, intermediate passing game. There's just to me, there's more there with Russell Wilson, the passer. With Kirk Cousins, I'm convinced you can win games with them. I'm in some ways a Kirk apologist. You know, maybe not quite Paul Charchian or or some others, but I really <laughs> like Kirk. I, I do. 
but I also I fully acknowledge that there are limitations there. So I'm cool with Dalvin Cook being the face of this offense. Like I want Dalvin Cook to find a way to play 16 games. I want Dalvin Cook touching the ball 25 times a game. Hopefully that body doesn't wear down in the next year or two. But I'm cool with Dalvin Cook being the alpha in this offense, not Kirk Cousins. I uh, I know that you, that you only have a little bit of time with us tonight. And, uh, you know, I see there's about three minutes left of this gopher collapse going on here, though they are within three. Um, so I do want I do want to let you be able to watch the end of that one. So I'll, I'll toss it to Ryan or Miles for a final question here. Um, and then uh, I'll let you, you kind of carry on with the rest of your evening, Doogie. Well, that's fine, man. And I'm happy to do this again. If you want to do it again in a couple weeks, you know, after the dust settles, at least on that first wave of free agency, if you want to do it maybe, you know, a week or two before the draft when there's when there's all sorts of drafts, team, we can do it again. But, yeah, I'll Absolutely. lock in on the Gophers here in a second. So if you guys got one more, no problem. Ryan, Miles, anything? I don't want to take you away from your Gophers. I know I know how much you love it. So, you know, <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I love it right now, on. Ryan. I mean, <laughs> the story is Patino's about to get fired. I, I don't know if it matters all that much <laughs> if, if they extend their season by yeah. – by one day. I mean, if they win today, I don't think they beat Ohio State tomorrow. You know, if they lose today, yeah, I think we're going to have some news here pretty quick. So it's going to get pretty busy. So I might not be able to chase a bunch of Viking stuff for the next 24 hours. Uh, but, you know, the phone's on. I'm chart. Well, I'm not charging it right now, but <laughs> the phone is certainly on. So I'm, I'm certainly on standby for for anything that happens. I'll give you one question before you go. If you had to make a prediction right now, pick 14. Yeah, I don't need a name. But where are they going? They trading back? They taking wide receiver? They taking you know quarterback if it drops? What do you think? Well, I mean, I think Rick finds a way to get back into the second round one way or another. Now, does he use a twenty twenty two pick plus those multiple? Does he have multiple thirds or fourths? I'm trying to remember. He's, He's got, got two or one of those rounds. Two threes, both two threes yeah, and, so, and four fours. Yeah, so some way he's going to end up back in the second round. You know, but is that a move down from 14? You know, then you get, you know, pick 28, then that team's second round pick, or do you package the two threes or a three and a four to move up? I'm just telling you one way or another, like that's that's a safe bet to me. Rick is going to end up back in the second round. At 14, I'd love to see how the board sets up. Like the Northwestern offensive lineman is really intriguing. The Alabama defensive tackle is really intriguing. I don't think they take a pass rusher at 14, especially after they just brought back Stephen Weatherly. At least right now, they really feel like Daniil Hunter is going to help them. Like, I don't know if I see edge rusher, you know, sack artist. Plus, they love Andre Patterson getting his hands on, you know, a DJ Wanham type, you know, somebody he can he can shape and mold so they can find a guy like that middle rounds. You know, so I think defensive tackle is a position to keep an eye on. I think offensive line is. I don't think I'm breaking news suggesting those two positions. I'm sure Zim will find a way to push for some cornerback, especially if they move down from 14. Like you can never have enough cornerbacks, you know. But but I would say offensive lineman or or defensive tackle. Keep an eye on those two positions. One awesome. quick question I forgot to ask: uh, the restricted free agents the Vikings have uh, Chad Beebe, Afadio Denebo, and Mike Boone. Any? Any news on those guys? Do you expect any of those guys to be back, all three, maybe none of them? Yeah, you know what? I was texting with somebody on Boone today. Let me find it here. Yeah, still wait and see. I mean, the word on Boone is comes down to salary cap. They want him back, you know, but it comes down to some other things like 
X, Y, and Z. And then if the room makes sense and the tender makes sense, like it's not like Mike Boone is, is a, is a one, a priority, but there is interest in retaining all those guys. Uh, and as of is it yesterday or all these days blend together on Monday, <laughs> there just, there hadn't been anything going on with Odenabo. I mean, the deadline is the 17th, so we still have a week to go. So they want Odenabo. They want all those guys back if it works. But I don't have any news right this second, Miles, on on the yeah. exact tenders that that they're you know contemplating extending those guys. Awesome, thanks, Dewey. Well, uh, I appreciate you you hopping on. I know you're a busy guy. Um, a minute thirty left. They got a one point lead, so I'm going to let you go. Um, I'm a little bit behind, so the score might be different. But uh, I think I speak on behalf of everybody here and everybody on Vikings Twitter. Um, we're super appreciative of of you know all your work that you do and, and your availability to hop on, on a pod tonight, uh, you know, it, it means a lot to us. So uh, I will definitely be tabbing you for, for something in April closer to the draft. So I appreciate That's it. That's fine, Matt. You know how to track me down. And, and I echo those sentiments. Like I'm, I'm grateful that, that people have a thirst for news that, that people, you know, especially during the pandemic. I mean, I get it. Maybe it's just a really good distraction from, from all of our issues in, in our daily lives, but I'm just grateful that, that, you know, so many people are passionate specifically about the Vikings, but you know, all the sports here, here in Minnesota. I mean, it's a really, really cool and fun, you know, social media community, you know, some of the message boards, what you guys do with so many other, you know, whether it's a blog, whether it's, you know, my old buddy, Andy Carlson, what he does on YouTube. I mean, there's just, there's, there's any number of, of outlets for Vikings fans to, to soak up, you know, wisdom and knowledge. So I'm grateful for what you guys do, and I'm grateful that you guys pay attention. Thank you, Doogie. Thanks so much, Doogie. Take it easy. Yeah, we'll do it again either later this month or sometime in April. Perfect. Appreciate appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Okay, take it easy, guys. See Ryan, ya. Miles, stick around. We uh, will carry this conversation onward here. Um, I, I I feel comfortable saying that the Gophers actually might pull this game off. It's a three-point game. I, I have to watch it. I, I filled out a bracket beforehand. So, um, <laughs> And you had the Gophers you know, winning? Absolutely. I actually had them upsetting Ohio State, so I hope that I can come back and and be that Minnesota homer. Um, I thought they'd oh have one God. last fight in them with Patino, but enough You sound like enough me of with the Oklahoma, Gopher crap. man. You're, that's just pathetic. You see Ryan's you see Ryan's ears perk up when uh, Doogie mentioned Orlando Brown? I did oh, see that. God. I did see that. Ryan was freaking out thinking Doogie was going to drop a, oh. a bomb on Orlando Brown here in this chat, and we all know it's not going to happen, <laughs> so just stop. I mean, um, but, like, why I, Why shouldn't it happen? Why shouldn't it happen? Do we not sure. like people who like to block, pass block? If they can, if they can make it them. work, if they can make it work, it'd be, it'd be a great move. You, you trade him. You trade him. You keep him at a salary. You you franchise him next year. That's what then, we talked about. I think that's I think that's the approach. Because he's got a nice low salary this year, and then you franchise like three million dollars this year. Yeah, it's nothing. I, so you franchise him. You have your left tackle. Yeah, obviously he'll be a little more spendy next year. But when the cap goes up, and then you can extend him. Sure, I get it. He doesn't necessarily fit the scheme that we're trying to go after. The dude can pass block. He can keep Kurt Cousins clean. Him and O'Neal will keep them clean. There's two young bookend tackles for hopefully the next five to five to six, seven, eight years. I mean, it makes a lot of sense in my opinion. But again, I, I get it if if uh, Dennison or Kubiak 
say, oh, well, he can't get out in space. Again, he, he can get out in space a little bit. Not a lot. A little bit. As much as he I, needs to be. I, I do want to ask you guys. First of all, I think that was phenomenal. I loved having Doogie on. Um, yeah, we will. Cool. I can I can book your calendars for sometime in April for you two and him to come back. I think that um, uh, it'll be awesome to get him back here. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts about kind of what he what he told us tonight? Um, you know, we we touched on the Riley Reef bit. We we touched on you know I I love that Miles brought up the don't trust Tennyson absolutely. Um, I love that Miles touched on you know Mike Boone, Afadio Denebo. And those types of players. Um, so, so what do you? What did you guys take away from from Doogie's comments tonight? And uh, are, is there anything you want to add? I mean, I think for me, the Vi- the Vikings are they're going to continue to do what they do, where they they want to keep as many of their own guys as they can. And I think like everything we've heard about the ba- like, even though they released Bailey and they released Reef, they tried to keep both of those guys. They tried to find ways to keep their own guys. That's something that Vikings always do. Um, so hearing hearing all those things from Doogie makes sense. Like, you know, they have interest in bringing their own guys back, but the price obviously, you know, has to fit. Like a Mike Boone being your third slash fourth running back because last year, Mir um, Abdullah stepped in a little bit more than even Mike Boone did. So I, I'm not exactly sure. I know they liked him on special teams, Mike Boone, but, you know, is he worth a $2 million restricted free agent tender? Like probably not because you're not utilizing him enough you could go find someone for the vet man or draft somebody to, to kind of re- to replace him. Uh, Chad Beebe, same way. I've, I've mentioned that same thing. I think if you gave the three million, two million, three million $2 million, $3 million to Keelan Cole instead of, you know, uh, a Chad Beebe, that makes way too much sense to me, right? Like, I'm not saying that I don't, I don't know exactly what a Keelan Cole will cost, but like, you know, if he's in that range, that makes sense to me. And so, you know, the Vikings trying to keep their own, but at the same time, they're going to have to make some, some crazy adjustments to what they do to, to get this team better because they're in such a weird spot because they're so top heavy, but they just got rid of their second best offensive lineman. You know, they, they have some work to do to get better. And so they can't just sit back like last, what we saw last year where they only pretty much signed Michael Pierce. Those other guys were like nothing, but like Michael Pierce. And that was essentially all they did until the draft. They can't just do that this year. They have to make some, some like out of the, out of the box thinking moves where they, improve this roster. So like I said, it can't just be them sitting back and trying to just bring back their own guys. And their own guys didn't work last year, right? Like we, we didn't win a ton of games. So why are we trying to reassemble, you know, this cast that just didn't really work Uh, again. And obviously they're not like the big, the big ticket items, but I I fully support bringing boom back. I love his game. Love the fact that he's like a gunner. So he's a special teams kind of guy as well. Um, but yeah, not at $2 million. If we can, you know, let him hit the market and then hopefully we can bring him back at a more of like a vet min type deal. I'm all for it. Um, one of the things he had mentioned was uh, talking just again, going back to draft. He had mentioned the uh, North Dakota state, the fact that he's heading up there on, I think he said Friday. Um, so obviously the big ticket item there is Trey Lance. Obviously, that would be fantastic. I'd love Trey Lance here, and I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I doubt we would do that. And the fact that he probably won't last um, to 14, so we'd have to trade up, which is not really in our nature, um, is uh, they have an offensive tackle out there, uh, Dylan Radons, I think is how you say his last name. And he shows to have that athletic profile that could fit what we do. Um, so maybe an interesting thing where they want to check him out 
uh, see if he can, you know, bring him in, not probably to start at left tackle, but uh, if you kick O'Neal over to left and you put him at right tackle type mentality, I don't know. But again, we don't have a second round pick right now. So that would be a trade back and then hope he falls into the second to where we trade back to or, you know, what have you. So um, I, I found that interesting. I, I love those two North Dakota State products. So I, th- I thought it was interesting because we, we kind of asked um, Doogie a little bit like, okay, Reef's gone now. What What is the plan at left tackle, right? Like, do they move Riley or not Riley Reef? Do they move Brian O'Neill over? Is it Ezra's time to shine? Do they just draft a guy? Like, what is that plan? I thought it was interesting um, that he called out that, yeah, Brian O'Neill could be an option at left tackle, but Dennison likes him at right tackle. And maybe I'm reading too much into this, um, but I, I, I enjoyed hearing those comments because I am a fan of leaving Riley or why do I keep confusing Brian O'Neill with Riley Reef? I am a fan of leaving Brian O'Neill at right tackle. Um, not to say that I don't think he could play left tackle, but he's played there for three years now. Um, I think he, he, it's a stable position for us and we shouldn't be trying to change that. We have that anchor on the right side and I think we should, we should keep that. Um, but you know, I also thought that his comments about the Vikings maybe going for a, a Joe Thune, um, overpaying for a guard potentially, you know, it sounds like they might be interested in him. Sounds like they might be interested in Kevin Zeitler. So um, what are you guys' thoughts on, well, on kind of how the Vikings – go ahead. No, I was going to say that's the thing. Like if, if Ezra Cleveland's going to be your left tackle, um, you need to put a veteran left guard next to him. I mean, he needs that help. He, need, he needs that assurance. The hard part is, you know, Joe Thune is going to be really expensive. Like Riley Reef was going to be really expensive on an extension, but not – he's not – he wouldn't be as expensive as what Joe Thune is going to get on the open market. So that's the hard part is, you know, do you really make Joe Thune the highest paid left guard in NFL history? Like they did Steve Hutchinson. Like that's a really tall order. And I'm not saying Joe Thune isn't really good. Joe Thune is a really good player, but does it that if they were to do that, that's like all they do in free agency. And then they're not improving anywhere else. And I think that's the issue is you, you have so much, only so much cap space and there's a lot of holes that you need to fill. And so, yes, you should go out and sign a, a, a couple of free agent guards. Uh, but you, there are also holes at, at cornerbacks, safety, linebacker, D-line. Like, there are holes all over the place. Wide receiver, you know, backup quarterback, even if they want to do that. Like, who knows, right? So there are a lot of different scenarios where the Vikings need to bring back players. And so they need, already need to fill holes. So they can't just go and, and grab one guy and say, all right, we're good. You know, we'll figure everything else out. That's not – like – this team needs needs more impact than that, and they need more impact through free agency. So, um, I agree, Jake. We're not signing Joe Thune. I don't expect it. Maybe a Kevin Zeitler. I think that maybe is a little bit more realistic, um, depending on the contract. But um, that's right guard. He's a right guard. So, um, either way, the Vikings are in a, in a weird situation. But I'm guessing they don't cut Riley Reef today if they don't have a sense of of a few guys that they have their eyes on that they they can now afford because they, they have some of that cap space available. I mean, and, and it comes down to money too, right? So would you rather have Joe Thune or would you rather have Austin Blythe and Forrest Lamb, right? Like, right, right. you know, could, can you get two guards for the price of one 
to fill the two holes that you have, kick Ezra out to left tackle, move Brian O'Neill out to left. I mean, again, I, I'm I'm a proponent or I, I believe that we need to keep O'Neill out at right tackle. I also believe that we should trade for any Oklahoma player we can. So Orlando Brown makes sense. But we you're right, Miles. We have a lot of needs. We have William, you know, William Jackson as a potential option, right? At cornerback. A nice veteran presence to bring into that young locker room. Uh, we have a, a need at safety. Again, very rich safety class right now for free agency. So we don't need to go spend top dollar on, you know, some of these guys. But, you know, you had mentioned Rayshon Jenkins last night on, on the other show uh, that we do inside the huddle. Um, you, uh, I, I like Malik Hooker as a potential option because he's more yeah. of a center fielder type guy. Uh, we've talked Will Parks, right? There's a lot of guys. And then it's a deep safety class as well for the draft. So I, I don't think we need to break the bank there. I don't, you know, if we're breaking the bank anywhere, it's probably going to be at cornerback um, just because I think we do need to bring a vet in to help these young guys go. Um, and I'm not saying we need to do that either. Cause I think you can get some of these corners at a decent price, given the fact that we have a low salary cap year. We have um, a pretty rich cornerback class, not as rich as like safety, but there's a lot of guys out there that I think that it makes sense for us to be able to get one of them. And again, you can't do that if you sign a Joe Thune. So go get Forrest right. Lamp, hopefully pretty cheap. Go grab a Austin Blight. He's probably going to be a little bit more expensive. Um, you know, I know a lot of guys like this Filer guy out of Pittsburgh, you know, mix and mash so you can fill these holes with competent. We don't need elite guard play. We need competent guard play. It, it, it's like uh, when, when you look at the weather outside, right, and we have negative 10-degree weather, and then we move to 30-degree weather, it feels like we can go outside in shorts and a T-shirt. But when it's 30-degree weather compared to 80-degree weather, it, that's freezing, right? So we're used to having negative 10-degree guard play, and we need – 30 to 40 degree weather play, right? Like we just need that guy that, that can be competent and give us that, uh, give us that a little bit of security there. Um, that's not a complete liability like my boy Drew Samia or like, um, uh, what's his name? Pat flying. Dozier. There's a Dozier. few guys. Dozier. Yeah, I mean, anyone, anyone we've tried at guard in the last three years. I think with each day too, and I, for, I forgot to ask Doogie about this a little bit, um, I wanted to know kind of what he thought maybe the Viking strategy would be going into it. I don't think I've talked to you two specifically about, um, you know, Rick's presser the other week, but, you know, with more and more of these people getting cut, we're seeing a, a, a surplus at the safety position within the free agent market surplus at the guard position, um, two needs of ours. So, you know, maybe they, maybe they kind of go about this in a kind of tepid way, and Slow I don't player. know if I don't know if they're going to be very active to kind of start it off here. But I do think that, you know, when we look back at this offseason, that we might potentially see the Vikings make good moves when when we look back at it, because they, they did slow play it and and they did make some value signings instead of going to get those big guys. And and I would just like to tell that to the Viking fans listening, like I would I'm not upset if the Vikings you know, don't spend a ton of money. I don't think anybody should be upset. What I think free agency should be used as is a tool to set yourself in, up in the draft to take best player available. And so if the Vikings go into free agency and they sign a 
a competent guard that they feel like can compete, a competent safety, corner, and somebody on the D-line. I don't care if it's an edge or if it's just another D-tackle to play next to, to Michael Pierce. If they can come away with just those three, I think I'm fine. Oh, and wide receiver three, because I don't want Flip to call me out and say that I didn't <laughs> didn't say that they need a wide receiver three and a wide receiver three. They can come away with that. I think that's the goal that you should have um, as a Vikings fan. Um, we don't need to 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 overpay for Joe Thune. We don't need to overpay for anybody. We have holes to fill, and we have a draft to address more specific needs. Um, and so I think that yep. that's the route that we need to go. <laughs> You sign a Joe Thune if you're if you're about at that Super Bowl, you know, mark, right? If you, if you're again, you're never a guard away. We all know that. We weren't even a quarterback away when we made the Super, or, you know, the NFC Championship. But if if you feel that your team's you know complete and you're letting some inside pressure and you have the cap space because we don't aren't paying a Kirk Cousins contract, we have a guy like you know, uh, a rookie contract, a Kyler Murray, you know, whatever, whatever Joe like you want to say, Joe Burrow. Right. And you can afford to, and you can afford to uh, make that, you know, afford that, then that makes sense. But we're not there. Crockett, I know you want Thuni, NC state guy, I believe. So I get it, but we're here to promote Oklahoma players, not NC state players. Right. So I got to interrupt here. This is my show. We're not here to promote any of those players. We're just promoting the right. Vikings better. Yeah, I, so, well, Ryan, you know, if, you, if you if you play if you pay Oklahoma players, you do get better. But all right, except uh, Jake Anderson, he, except for Drew to me, I, I don't. I, I think that's. I, I honestly think that's a coaching issue, not a not a player issue. Uh, uh, Jake Anderson, you you've had a couple of good comments here. Bradbury needs help at guard. I agree. I think Bradbury which is sad. Is, which is sad. Bothers the hell out of me. That my, Go, Miles. The 18th overall pick needs – I'm not saying – like Dakota Dozier, we've all talked about this. Of course you need – 25-year-old 18 overall player. 25-year-old 18 yes. overall player. Yes, all those things, right? Yes, I agree. Like, of course, you, you want to upgrade over the worst left guard in football. That's a fact. But what bothers me is you need to create players around Bradbury to make Bradbury better when – Bradbury being the first round pick, the 18th overall pick, is supposed to help create the the players around him, make the players around him a little bit better because he's supposed to be that linchpin, that guy that's supposed to solidify the middle for your offense, right? But he's not that guy, and like it's unfortunate. It's not like his fault, but like that's where he was drafted. That's what he was. That's what they were drafting him to be. And so we're at a point now. Everyone's like, well, we need to help Bradbury, so we need to go get a Joe Thune to help Bradbury. It's like, damn, dude, like how much. Help does he need? And again, I agree that we need to upgrade over Dakota Dozier. Then the negative ten degrees to thirty degrees, like there's a huge difference there. So the, yes, they need to create that impact. They need to create that uh, that level of difference, but they don't need to overpay to do it. But I need I need to see more from Bradbury too. Not just uh, we just need to put better around him. No, no, no. I, we also need to see better from Bradbury. Some comments here uh, on the chat here about Russell Wilson going to Chicago. Again, I, I just can't see Seattle trading him. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. They don't have a backup no. plan. They, Chicago's they, not in a position. They don't even where, save. Their, they don't even save money. They, they don't save money. They don't have. Uh, they don't have draft capital to even move up to get another quarterback. So, I mean, what are you going to do at quarterback? They don't have anyone. 
literally they were, if Russell Wilson gets hurt, that team's ass because they have nobody. Nobody. So they're not going to trade him. I mean, what, they're going to take Nick Foles back? I mean, what's Nick Foles going to do for you in that offense? Maybe. I mean, he's probably better than, like, Mitch Trubisky. But, again, he's he's not going to provide you with much. So they're not trading him unless they get a king's ransom. I don't think Chicago has the draft capital to do that. Um, they're, they're probably more likely to fleece, you know, the Houston Texans uh, because they're more easily to be fleeced. Than than uh, than Schneider and and the uh, Seattle Seahawks organization, but again, I don't think any, either of those things are going to happen. I think they're going to hope that Mac Jones falls and and draft him, and he's also going to just be asked for them because it's Mac Jones, and I'm not a fan. What um, what are you guys' takes on on Doogie's comments in regards to Kyle Rudolph? Um, I, I mean, I think that we kind of all knew that his time was was up here. He hated blocking, but uh, the teams that he mentioned kind of surprised me in the sense that that they're very run heavy schemes. Like the Titans are interested, uh, the Texans are interested, and then obviously Seattle. Seattle was a name uh, or a team that he called out. Um, so, so it, it's, it surprises me personally to to hear that he wants to go play for Seattle, who seems like there's a replication of of a Mike Zimmer kind of offense. Um, but but curious your thoughts on on, on Rudy and, and where he might end up, given what Doogie told us. Well, it seemed like with the Titans, that's just the Todd Downey connection. So Downey, you know, might be more open to utilizing him than he was utilizing Minnesota. Um, just because it's a run, run-happy offense doesn't mean they won't utilize their tight ends. I think the issue in Minnesota, too, was, wasn't just that he was blocking a lot. It was also that he wasn't getting enough targets. He wasn't getting enough opportunities in the passing game either. Like, if he was getting a little bit more of a balance, I think you, would, you wouldn't have heard anything from Rudy. So um, so I'm sure that's the frustration. So even if he goes to a run-happy, you know, a run-specific offense, if they're utilizing him in the pass game enough, he, the blocking is not going to be an issue. He's a tight end. He knows he's going to have to block. So it's just more about, you know, what does that opportunity look like in the passing game? So, like, a team like Seattle makes sense. A team like Tennessee makes sense. Houston, I'm sure they're just calling everybody, but who knows? <laughs> just trying to pack to go together to something for next season. But, yeah, but, but I just don't, see, like, I don't see that one happening. Even Tennessee, though, I mean, you have Johnny Smith, you have Anthony. Well, he's Burster. a free agent. He's gone. Is Johnny Smith? Oh, I he's didn't, a free agent. I didn't realize he's, man, we should be looking at him if he's affordable. <laughs> well, we have Irv Smith. Hey, guys, hate to break well, I, in. It's official. Russell Wilson just posted. He's going to Chicago. Nuh-uh. No way. Holy crap. Russell Wilson I mean, there's posted a, that? There's Russell a lot of Wilson. signs. No, it was, it was from 2015. It was from 2015. No, no, ah, that tweet right. was from 2015. Oh, my God. My heart just dropped, David. I will go back. Oh, my God. Sit in my truck and watch Twitter. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> well, people found a tweet from 2015 and they're using it right now. That's great. Oh, oh man! Hey, Twitter gets you every time. It does. It really does. I've got. I've been had so many times. I doesn't. I. I can't even count. Oh my gosh! I. I. Look at our chat blow I, up too, though. Our chat, like, what? Oh my god! No, no. It, it's 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 old. <laughs> That's what I just said, it's Giselle. Old. It's from twenty. It's from twenty fifteen. Ignore David. Hey, hey, hey! Giselle is uh, Tanishka, I believe. Just so you know, our is girl it? Tanishka. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't so. know. 
Uh, I'm no, first Jerome, of all, Jerome, he's not going to the Bears. Hey, anybody listening to the show, Russell Wilson not going to the Bears. That was a tweet from 2015. I feel like uh, I feel like this this might be a good opportunity while we all just had our hearts drop a little bit um, to to kind of sign off here um, <laughs> before we get any other news. But I will say uh, next week at this time. Um, I think it's the eve of free agency. Free agency opens Thursday, so I'm sure we'll start to hear um, some news well, the next week. The tampering window opens on Monday, so we'll hear. There'll be a lot of yeah. stuff going on, even if the Vikings aren't heavily involved. There'll be a lot yeah. of a lot of news to share. So, uh, David, uh, <laughs> I I know you jumped a gun on this uh, this Russell Wilson news, uh, but feel free next week to sound that alarm. And, f- and just pop into this chat and give us any info that's happening with free agency next week. Um, um, as for tonight, I want to thank you both for coming on. Um, it's always fun to, to chat football with you guys, and it's even better when we got a guest like Doogie. Um, you guys an- ask some great questions as well as the people in chat, so make sure you like and subscribe and c- continue to comment to this show so uh, so we can keep you guys coming back here. And uh, we will be back next week with Deshaun Vaughn, a new member of CTP, Climbing the Pocket, as well as Flip Mozzie. Um, that is going to be a – I haven't quite <laughs> figured out the word to describe that show, uh, but it will be interesting nonetheless. So stay tuned as we're on the eve of free agency next week. And uh, David, take us home. I will as soon as I swallow my beer. Uh, tomorrow night, join us at our normal time, 8 p.m. Central, for the fastest-moving Vikings talk show on YouTube, Vikings Hot Take. We have the one and only great Flip Mozzie and Eric Thompson of the Daily Norseman as they go over everything they've missed since I've been gone. It should be a hot one with everything going on this week. So join us tomorrow night at 8. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy your beverage of choice, and skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.